Welcome to the London Irish Business Society Leadership Series. My name is Laura O'Callaghan. In this series, we spend time with leaders across a range of industries, discussing their careers, leadership advice, and what it means to be part of the global Irish community. I'm delighted to be hosting this morning's podcast for International Women's Day with the theme of Breaking the Bias. I'm joined by Emma Kennedy, CEO of Grafter Offices, India Healy O'Connor, CEO of Zelda, and Rachel Hennessy, CEO of Happy Days. So good morning, everyone, and welcome to the London Irish Business Society's podcast for International Women's Day 2022. My name is Laura O'Callaghan, and I'm the chair of the London Irish Business Society. This morning, I have the privilege of hosting our annual International Women's Day event with the theme, Break the Bias. On today's panel, I'm joined by Emma Kennedy, CEO of Grafter Offices, Rachel Hennessy, founder of Happy Days, and India Healy O'Connor, CEO of Zelda. So welcome, everyone. One thing that you all have in common is that you've left life in the corporate world to set up your own companies. I've no doubt that this took a huge amount of self-belief and motivation, something I've definitely toyed with myself. And I'm sure a lot of our Libs members have thought about this many times. So I'd love to start with you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story so far and where you are today? Yeah, so I think it was, in terms of going out on my own, I think it was very much so a natural progression. And I've been working in property for, gosh, maybe 10, 10 years now. And very much so in, in roles that were kind of commission-based. So I always felt that I was kind of running a business within a business. So for me, kind of having that entrepreneurial spirit and wanting to, to move out on my own was kind of a, a given. It was really just a timing thing. And I suppose that in turn with obviously the working world has, has definitely changed due to COVID and people demanding that flexibility. So I saw a gap in the market whereby, you know, people, you know, we should acknowledge that people do want to work from home on occasion or have the flexibility to go to different, different places. So with that, I decided to dip my toe and uh, the summer just gone, I found the opportunity and I decided just to go out um, on my own. Amazing. And I think the one thing to acknowledge um, is that all of you actually took um, this huge risk within the the global pandemic, which is, is not something that I can imagine was easy. Um, so thanks so much, Emma. Definitely keen to hear a little bit more later. Um, India, so you obviously spent a number of years in the city of London um, and you were obviously a, a member of the London Irish Business Society. Um, but you spent a number of years obviously in Goldman Sachs before making the move back to Dublin to set up Zelda. Can you tell us a little bit more? Because it's definitely a, a different world. Yeah, it's very different now. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, I started my career in Goldman. Um, it was a very uh, fast-paced, dynamic pressurized environment and I suppose dealing with stress is definitely something that's transferred over to the startup world so at least I'm somewhat used to that um but I'd really enjoyed my job but I was kind of ready for learning a new skill set and trying a new challenge and I'd kind of considered moving internally but then my mum actually suggested that I kind of investigate and maybe pursue an idea I'd had pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, I had come up with the idea of cashless tipping, but I guess COVID hadn't happened. So maybe it would still be a few years away before, you know, everyone had Apple and Google Pay on their phone, um, et cetera. And sort of um, 
now I guess I like I very obviously firmly believe QR codes and mobile wallets are the way forward and kind of card machines will be history um and so I kind of figured I'd be kicking myself if I didn't sort of go for it and if I saw other people succeed at my idea um you know I'm, I'm young I don't have any responsibilities luckily and uh, I figured it was kind of easy enough to take some risk um it's definitely tough but I just have to sometimes keep reminding myself that your losses are capped and uh, your opportunities are sort of unlimited. So I go, I go back to that when I'm kind of wondering why did I leave the corporate world? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think the, the plus sides of COVID is that, you know, there's opportunity to take risks and people are definitely reassessing um, work-life balance um, and kind of, you know, what they truly want to do. So over to you, Rachel. Um Similarly, you spent a number of uh, years in the corporate world, uh, primarily in Dublin, um, before making the move to the world of fashion. So we'd love to hear a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Laura. So, yeah, I was working in Google before I started Happy Days. So I was in the finance department there for three years. Um, and then during the pandemic, I kind of just started questioning my own fashion habits and started shopping secondhand and just, you know, following different fashion, uh, secondhand fashion Instagrams and stuff like that. Um, and then I started to kind of notice there was more and more items like to be bought secondhand that had been worn once or, you know, really nice kind of dresses that people would wear to occasions. So I thought there was definitely a gap in the market for a fashion rental um, business with an actual store in, in Ireland. So I actually went over to London because I know it's really big over in the UK. So I went over to London last summer to do a bit of market research and kind of figure out like how they've cracked it over there. And um, so then in August last year, I kind of decided to to kind of go for it and left Google at the start of October. So yeah, new enough to the world of fashion is definitely not my background, but um, absolutely loving the change. I just wasn't loving working from home by myself, needed to just change it up. And yeah, no, so far so good. Thanks, Rachel. And you've recently um, secured a new premises. So um, huge congratulations on that. And I guess it will be I miss not to acknowledge what's going on in the world um, today. Um, and a huge thank you, obviously, Rachel, to yourself and the team at Happy Days. You are, if I'm correct, using your premises as a donation hub. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, just on Sunday, I saw an Instagram post about... Um, this specific company needing more drop-off locations in Dublin. Um, so there's kind of like a call out to any businesses that could help to just put up their premises for um, a place that people could just drop in different donations like medical supplies, clothes, baby items and stuff like that. So we put it up on Sunday morning and Sunday got a few donations in the door and then yesterday it was just like the shop was bursting. There was people queuing down the road to give stuff in and we had to like basically ring all our families friends to come help us drop the items out to park west so yeah it's been it's been people are just so generous it's been amazing um so yeah and for having people drop stuff in until the end of the week wow that's amazing absolutely i think it really shows the the generosity of the irish um i think there's been a huge amount of course social media um so thanks rachel um, I guess we've all touched on there, rather you've all touched on this a little bit around the challenges of setting up, particularly in a global pandemic. Um, I think the primary reason most people don't possibly go into the startup world is that fear of potentially leaving a secure company, you know, with benefits and, you know, the, the kind of the safer world, I guess. So it'd be great to talk and whoever would like to go first around some of the challenges that you 
have faced and maybe are currently facing in um, in setting this up. Be as open and honest. <laughs> um, um, I can go first. Um, I suppose it was back in July or August when I decided to 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 take the jump, which at the time was obviously quite scary. I remember being in our first in our first location, which is uh, which is in Leeson Street, and the door closing. And it was just me and a laptop. Um, And I think in terms of, I suppose, advice to people, if they are going out on their own, it's actually just to ask for help. I think it's something that's, it's so simple. And I I knew in my gut that the way that people were working, were working on a day-to-day was definitely changing. And I knew that people wanted the flexibility in in their day-to-day, whereby you know, you should be able to wake up every morning and decide where you want to work from, whether that be an office, whether that be at home, whether that be in a restaurant or wherever, and that people wanted that choice. So I knew that within myself, but I also knew at the same time that I'm definitely not an expert um, in certain fields. Obviously, my background, of course, is would be sales and marketing, but in terms of operations um, and that type of thing, I knew that I really had to kind of get to grips and handle that. And the one thing I'd say is that people are very generous with their time and, and not to be afraid to ask those questions. In certain instances, you know, I reached out to competitors and I've met them for a coffee, um, which some people may find quite unusual, but it's actually great to sit down with somebody who's in the same industry as you and be able to bounce those ideas. Um, I know I've been very fortunate for that. So yeah, definitely ask questions. I actually, I could follow on from that, Emma, because uh, I actually did the same thing, reached out to a few um, of the different competitors, not many in Ireland, um, and met with one of them. She actually came into the shop and we had a great like discussion. And there's just like, even like different tips and tricks that you can um, kind of bounce off each other. Because at the end of the day, you kind of are by yourself. Like, you know, you're used to working in a team in a corporate environment. It's completely different. And like, there's no, like the responsibility doesn't end with you um, in like a big company, like say Google, whereas obviously, you know, you're on your own and there's stuff, information out there that could definitely benefit you that you might not even know about. So um, I totally agree with that, with that and the asking for help and also to ask to like delegate like I find it's hard to let you know ask people to do certain things but at the end of the day you really can't do everything yourself or you completely burn out so yeah if, if anyone like and, and so many people are offering and willing to help all the time so yeah definitely and um, follow on from what you said um yeah I guess like something that was like as kind of Rachel alluded to you know, when you go out on your own in the way that you used to maybe have a manager or a boss or someone to just kind of um, check your final product, your final piece of work, kind of like the book stops with you to some extent. So um, like I'd probably be a bit of a perfectionist. So, you know, I kind of want everything to be like 100% correct, right all the time. Um, Whereas starting Zelda, you kind of learn to kind of roll with the punches a bit more and like go with your gut and be more comfortable with it. And I was lucky because our the angel investors in in Zelda have a lot of um, experience in startups and they, and they're men actually as well. And so they kind of just bring a different viewpoint to how to attack things and how to kind of view challenges and stuff and how to kind of navigate the opportunity set and decide like, which feature do we build first? Do we invest in next? That kind of thing. Um, So I suppose like that's, it's kind of helpful having like a, those mentors in that sense because it's still you at the end of the day who makes the decision but it's kind of good to have a bit of guided advice 
Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of like, that's kind of both a challenge and maybe a, a good learning outcome from starting your own business as well. Definitely. Definitely. Some people that I would have spoken to, I totally agree. It, it's really good to get different perspectives. And then when you know, you can weigh it up, whether you agree or not 100% and you can make that decision. And the, the, the people, different individuals that we have hired in Grafter, because of their different backgrounds and their expertise in different areas, they would have a completely different viewpoint to what I would have. But it does open your eyes. And sometimes, like, I fully admit, you know, I'm wrong, 100%. And I think it's just being open to that. And, and I think I totally agree with India on that, you know, whether or not you decide to take that information is, is totally up to you. It's also great to find individuals that are willing to push back on you. I think that's um, quite rare. Definitely. And I think I listen to a lot of startup podcasts and the, the common theme is like most people will go from being maybe an expert in their field to wearing many hats. And I think it's accepting that you're not going to get everything right and that you probably will have to lean on experts, um, be it like investors or like competitors in the market. Um, so definitely, um, just, I think the, the beauty of a startup is that you know that not everything's going to go right. And um, arguably that's some of the, the, the fun part as well. So I think that's ultimately why a lot of people leave big companies is because they want to take risk and they want to see, you know, what they could do if, um, if they don't have the backing of like, you know, a major company. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the theme of this year's International Women's Day, Women's Day is breaking the bias. Um, I'd love to understand a little bit more from any of you. I think we can all confidently say that we've experienced bias within, within companies. Um, so, so far, um, have you experienced any bias um, in your current careers or companies? Or is there any advice you would give to people that are maybe nervous on the basis of, um, of bias? I would say, so in my previous job, I was very lucky because we were kind of a wider team and then we've pods within it. And my boss, who's actually an Irish guy and the other guy I worked with were super like, I was given huge opportunity. Um, I never felt any bias there, but certainly something you do notice and, you know, it is a more usual trade of um, an investment bank is the lack of senior female figures. And so, you know, I think it would be great if they're, and like, you know, why are there a lack of them? Well, you know, there's obviously still some underlying issues. And the great thing if there are, like there were a few. So the women who were there, it was kind of, you know, inspiring to see them. You could see what your potential route would be. You could see other women had achieved it. And so if there's like a lack of kind of role models in that sense, it can kind of make you kind of question your own career, I suppose, or like, how are you going to get there? And then I think the other thing is as well, like senior women tend to have really good advice for younger women and your experience within a big corporate firm tends to be different to men like as an example like say everyone talks about like the football game that was on last night like I don't follow football so it's not a conversation I'd partake in but if you have you know I suppose when you have like senior women who can kind of advise you on navigating all the intricacies of like the team environment you know you can you probably have a better chance of a positive outcome um so, uh, like, you know, I, I fortunately didn't, like, experience it, uh, any bias directly, but you can kind of see it in maybe senior ranks and those kind of places. So this, I suppose, the same with myself in terms of previous roles. Um, 
I think everybody in one way or another would face it. I think I've been quite fortunate in my previous roles where I haven't had it hugely targeted towards myself, but I have seen it with other individuals. Um, you know, in particular, uh, there was a, a, a woman who I used to work with who was asked um, if she was planning to have a family with, you know, in her current role, which obviously isn't the greatest question to be asking. But I think my, I suppose, recommendation, I'm not an expert, of course, but is to ask yourself within the working environment, should, is these, are these types of questions appropriate in order to counteract that bias? And, you know, bias can be seen in so many different ways. I think just asking that question beforehand can really help in, 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 within the company. Yeah, I, I kind of have a similar experience to India and in that like before Google, I worked um, in a different accountancy firm and I actually had in, in Google and in, in there, I had two really strong female managers, so a bit opposite, obviously, but I felt like I never experienced bias because I had those two really, really strong female and um, managers to kind of, they always like pushed and guided me. So I was really lucky. But I think when I was a trainee, the kind of culture um, around, say, like we would be working kind of crazy hours, but the guys would be like, go out early because they had rugby or football training. And we, I just always used to make me laugh. Like if I said, oh, I want to go to the gym, there's not a chance I would have been able to leave work. But because they had training, they got to leave. So that's just one thing that always stands out in my mind. Um, and I look, maybe if I'd been a part of a team that I had to go to training, it would have been different. But um, just those kind of small things that, you know, um, that, that, that happen that kind of just make you kind of, I don't know, question it, but, um, but work-wise, I just felt like I was lucky that I would have always had those managers and probably wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have them pushing me. It's so funny because I think hindsight is, is a great thing. Looking back on those particular roles that I was in, at the time you kind of question it. You don't think about it then, but I, I feel like I've questioned a lot in terms of the roles that I was in, if, if things were or weren't appropriate. Um, hindsight, yeah, it is a good thing. Definitely. I would even agree in where a lot of us have worked in big companies where bias is like, you know, very high on the agenda. So we're probably naturally being made, made more aware of bias in, in the workplace. And it's something that you, me definitely as a manager, I have to constantly ask myself whether I'm, you know, introducing bias and in kind of like a work situation and definitely can empathize, Rachel, with the, the, side, the sporting side. I unfortunately wasn't part of a team, um, so I didn't have to, to jump out, but um yeah, it's definitely um, a huge part. And it's becoming so important to people as the, be it in the startup world or the corporate world, people are highly aware of bias in the workplace. Um, and it's great that this is the theme for International Women's Day this year. Um, you've all touched on it a little bit so far, I guess, within the networking space and the mentoring space. So as here at Libs, we, of course, are a network and we've four and a half thousand members. Um, India, I know, and Emma, you've joined some of our events here in London. But it'd be great to understand from each of you any networking or mentoring, be it like official or unofficial, that you have used or continuing to use um, in developing your respective companies. Uh, well, I, I, I can start. So um, over the last couple of months, even just kind of the reaching out and asking questions from various different people, you kind of get to know, well, I've particularly got to know different pockets of, of groups that have kind of formed in their own way. So, of course, Absolutely Libs have, has been a huge help. Um, I also, we have joined Gateway to Europe, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard of before. Um, 
we Sigma Recruitment actually introduced me to them and the head of FDI there. And the great thing about this particular group is that they have two different companies from various different industries and you kind of come together and you're able to essentially kind of discuss whether it be challenges or progress within your own business. And that has been, that has been usually a, a hugely helpful. And um, even in ways that you didn't think, whether that's just going for a drink or a coffee or whatever that may be. And uh, far often than not, what you actually find is that other people are going through the exact same challenges that you are too. Um, and it's great to get their input in that. So I definitely would encourage people to go out and try and find those find those groups, spend a little time with them. You know, you don't have to be in their pockets all day, every day, but it's great to be able to send an email to somebody and ask their thoughts on something. Yeah, I think similar. Like, I suppose I've been lucky in so far as, say, various family members have maybe connected me with people who who they've said, you know, they've been in a startup themselves or they work in a certain industry and they'll be able to give you advice. And like, funnily enough, it was literally a kind of a connection like that, which led to me getting my um, angel investment. So um, even sometimes what I find is, or what I have found is like, socializing a bit more like even if it's just going for a drink or something you end up normally meeting someone and then something kind of actually quite significant can come from it so I think it's quite important and it's great now that like you know restrictions are lifted you can sort of put yourself out there a bit more and um make those kind of connections because you never really know where the next opportunity will come from and like even libs promoting Zelda in the Christmas um 12 days Christmas like that was a great way just you know help us get our name out there um and I've actually found also the past people's Mount Anvil past people's network has been like great you know they use Zelda for paying for the lunch so that was just a good way to kind of be in the thoughts of a lot of people and then subsequently it resulted in a lot of other places who run events wanting to use it so um I think you just kind of have to literally knock on every door think of every kind of past person you've known who might in some way be able to help you and just kind of be fearless and ask them for, for the help as, as has been like as Emma and Rachel actually both said earlier in in the discussion yeah, I totally agree with you India about like the kind of being open to when you're talking to anyone like even your good friends they'll be like oh I saw this thing and I thought of you or I know someone who could you could chat to that's definitely at the start people were like texting me the whole time saying you should talk to this person or this person so I definitely think like starting with your family and friends like Ireland is such a small place that like it's it really is all about like word of mouth um and then I suppose I'm lucky in that my husband started his own business a few years ago. So um, literally all we talk about is happy days. I'd say like he's probably the most up to date in the world of fashion rental of any man in Ireland. But um, he's a really good person to just literally roll anything off because like, on the more of the business side of things, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I think I'm yet to find somebody like every single person that I've contacted, even if anything comes out of it, they're just so willing to just even have the chat. So definitely recommend 100%. Absolutely. And, and I think the the success of Libs is attributable to the members and like Irish people are very, very willing to help each other. Um, and I think we actively support startups um, and 
it's a yeah, huge testament um, to the work that you've all done. Um, so in terms of you're all in completely different industries um, and the commonality of setting up on your own, but is there any questions or any like advice you would give each other? You're kind of all in similar stages of your journey, some slightly um, earlier than, than others, but any kind of com- uh, questions you have for each other? Um, I've, I have a question. I actually have a question for both of you. Um, uh, Rachel, in terms of expanding, obviously, like, um, the rental market, like, is, looks like it's going to grow, like, hugely. Um, how do you expand within Ireland? Like, how do you map out your, your expansion, I suppose? And, like, how do you always keep it sustainable? And I'm sure, like, that's a challenge. Yeah, so I suppose there's probably two parts to that, um, regarding expansion, Definitely like the plan would be to have more stores, definitely want to open or do a few pop-ups, you know, in Cork, Galway, kind of other cities to see what the kind of interest is there. Because what I've really found is that the store is so key to the business. Um, And that was one thing I really, really wanted when I started the rental company was to have a place that people could actually go and try the stuff on. And it's, it's definitely just been the key, like majority of sales are in store. Um, now look, we're only open two months, that could change, but um, like it's so definitely want to expand there and open more. And then obviously, we try and source all of our clothes kind of secondhand or from sustainable businesses. So, what we're trying to do is not, you know, um, uh, like feed into the kind of fast fashion environment. Um, and what we're, we are finding is that like the stock honestly seems to be limitless. Like people are literally reaching out every day with stuff to sell because every, everyone has dresses in their wardrobes that they've worn once and probably won't wear again. So um, as part of kind of the sustainable part of it, I think it is easier for us to try and be sustainable because that's the core of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there. That's, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think the store is such a good um, element to have because, you know, you can see, you kind of need to try something on before obviously you're going to commit to renting it. So like, it just makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Yeah. Like people come in with like one idea of what they want and they have leave with having booked something completely different in. So yeah, it's it's definitely key. (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry. No, no, go sorry. I was thinking, I was like, obviously, I think you set up in 2019, wasn't it? So how, when did the store open? No, sorry, we only set up in December. We only opened just up oh, in December. Oh, okay. So yeah. my question was, is like in terms of COVID and pushing everything online or or focusing on the store, but you're focusing on the store for the moment. Yeah, exactly. We have a website as well and online orders definitely are picking up the more people hear about it. Um, yeah. And obviously the majority then of online orders would be from not from outside of Dublin. Um, but yeah, now COVID wise, we're kind of like luckily had kind of good timing, but I suppose December was a tricky month to open because the first week was so busy with loads of orders. And then the second week was like everyone either had COVID or was like ca- ca- their events were cancelled. So that was like really tricky to navigate. Um, but like the last couple of weeks, now that things have opening up, it's just been so busy, which is great. I could imagine you'll be really busy this year if you think about all the weddings and everything that'll happen. Wow. Yeah, like how often do people rent in advance? Or like how far in advance? 
Yeah, so there's already like, there's one dress that's already booked out for <laughs> April and May. It's like a really popular dress. Um, and so there's kind of, I think the, the furthest away booking at the moment is July. Most people kind of come in two to three weeks before they have something on to try on a load of things and kind of book something in. So that's kind of what we're finding at the moment. Um, but I kind of started off thinking it would just be kind of wedding guests or big events, but people are renting for literally lunches, like graduations, communions, confirmations, like it's literally everything, which is so good. Yeah, it just it just makes sense because I well, I know myself if I think about the wardrobe that I have, the amount of things that I actually haven't worn, I probably I don't know if I should be admitting that. But that's <laughs> such a good idea. I mean kind of cogs in motion here of things that I have coming up too. It just makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's and it's just means there's less waste you're not when, like, wasting money on a dress for 400 euro that you're going to wear once like you can just rent it for 70 euro and then not even have to worry about it like we get we do the cleaning and everything so like it's literally a no-brainer I think yeah uh, India I had a question for you actually can you tell me about the name I'm so intrigued um, yeah so the name so basically, I suppose there's like a few elements to it. One was I wanted to get a dot com URL. Um, okay. uh, our investors were actually like, make, try and get it because subsequently when they needed to buy theirs, it was like thousands and thousands of, of euros. So um, it was kind of, I suppose that was just something I wanted to have. Um, and then obviously the business is female founded, you know, I wouldn't say there's any there's there's not a huge amount of like female founded fintech startups. Um, so I did want it to form a part of the identity of the app. Now the app's open to everyone. It's not you don't just have to be female or anything to use it. But I did want it to be because like it was a huge part of the whole um, founding process. So Zelda um, with a Z is like a female name. It means like warrior and strength and that kind of thing. But um, I replaced the Z with the X so that it had a link effectively to like transactions, FX, exchanges. Um, and also so that the name was is quite general. So it could ultimately mean anything. You know, Google didn't really mean anything until everyone now says like, did you Google that? So like the idea kind of being, oh, like I'll, I'll Zelda you or have you, you know, make it a verb basically. But um, yeah, I didn't really want to be limited by any kind of specific payment service. Like, so I didn't want to have tip in it or donate in it or pay in it just to kind of make it a more general, give it more general usage, I suppose. And that's one of the common themes that comes up for anybody that watches Dragon's Den is around the, whether you bought like a URL. So I think that was definitely a wise move. <laughs> India. Yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't, it was, I still have, it still cost a little bit, but like it was some of the names I was coming up with and it was like, oh, this URL is for sale for a hundred thousand euros. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not calling this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um, Emma, I actually have a question for you. Um, I was wondering when, for the people who have been using Grafter, what's like the aspect of the offices they like the most and that like makes them want to sort of come back? Really good question. Um, I suppose, it, I suppose this was happening pre-COVID anyway. Um, there was a demand for people to to work from work from home. You know that could be for a multitude of, of different reasons. You have kids, you need to pick them up, or whatever it may be. There's so many different examples. 
And um, I wanted to come to the market to bring something that's more accessible with, with options. So for example, you could be a tech company setting up in Dublin. Um, you may have loads of people flying in and out uh, of the city itself. So essentially what our teams are trained in is that we would manage all of the hotel bookings for them, people coming and going. You can essentially rent a desk for a day or a meeting room. We can then book you into a restaurant if you wanted to entertain clients. And we do have uh, the accessibility of the press of portfolio throughout Ireland. So that could be a presentation in the Stella Cinema. That could be going down to Glass and Lake House and doing a round of golf. And, you know, with the hybrid working model, it is great, but it does have its challenges. Um, So a lot of our members, one of their biggest challenges is actually trying to connect their teams back in a meaningful way. And that doesn't necessarily actually need to be in an office environment. And I suppose it's funny because ultimately we are an office space provider, but I think we acknowledge that people are definitely working in a different way. So we can manage everything from start to finish um, uh, on that. So it's been quite a, it's quite an interesting journey and um, because every single member or company that we would house have different challenges um, that slot into that. So it's been great to try and work out those, those solutions for them. Emma, do you have you found that there's been like a particular group of people using your service the most? Really good question. Do you know what? Actually, no. And I'm trying to figure that out myself. It's been, a, it's been a real mix of people. We've got tech, we've got aviation, we've got financial services, we've got, we've got recruiters. Um, you know, it really, really does, it does vary. And then I was even trying to whittle it down in terms of demographic, failing in that. Um, it really, really is a mix, you know, from say mid-20s up to, you know, well beyond um, and you know everybody has their various different you know interests in coming back into an office we have we have uh, members that come in on Mondays Wednesdays Fridays we've got members that come in Tuesday Wednesday Thursdays it really just depends and um, yeah it's been actually it's been it's been a real mix so I don't have an answer to my question Thank you all so much. I have one last question before we uh, close off the morning. So if you were to give anybody a piece of advice that's listening today, um, somebody that's thinking about maybe making the move into their own startup, um, what would it be? Um, On my side, it would be if you are sitting in a boardroom right now and you fundamentally do not agree with what people are saying around that table, and if you have the option, move. I think a lot of people have reevaluated where they're working and, and COVID definitely accelerated that. If you have the options, definitely do look around, ask people for help to, to get out. I know that that was one piece that I would love to have told myself a couple of years ago and definitely would have pushed myself to, to, to move out given the opportunity. Yeah, I think... Um I probably always thought there was just one way that my career would go because I trained as an accountant. So I was like, right, that's me done now. And um, that's what I'll do for the rest of my life. Um, whereas I think when we're in school, we were kind of told, you know, get the points, get into this college degree and then get a job. And that's great. Whereas I think there's just so many more opportunities out there that people don't realize. So I think, yeah, definitely what Emma said, just go, try it. If, if possible, go for it. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, back yourself, self-belief is effectively what you're going to build your whole business and career on. And, you know, you're going to have 
down days, you're going to have people who don't believe in the concept, but you know, you're the visionary. So at the end of the day, like you just always have to back yourself. And so I would advise like surrounding yourself with people who will also help you and like support you and pick you up because you know, a lot of the time you're, you're making all the decisions on your own. So it's like very important. I suppose you kind of have your cheerleading squad, you know, behind you, supporting you kind of all the way. And so if you can't have that when you're leaving, like that's a great thing to have because it'll just like, it'll be a great support system for you. Thank you all. Um, so we're going to finish now. Thank you, Emma, India and Rachel for a really enjoyable um, conversation. Um, and we hope that you enjoy International Women's Day. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. That's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsors, David Group and Morgan McKinley. For more information about the London Irish Business Society, you can find us on all of the usual social channels. Thank you for listening.